Recently, Brad was fortunate enough to have had an interview with the creative minds behind the game Princess Farmer. Here it is presented for you now. Enjoy. So joining me is B and Charlene from Samabi Games, who have made the recent match-free puzzler visual novel game Princess Farmer, which I spoke about on a previous podcast, which is excellent, by the way. That's not just buying them up. Um, so hello, both. Uh, thank you for joining me. Hi. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I had to sort out times with it being, you guys are based in British Columbia, is it? That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, me, it's just boring old Britain. Um, so, <laughs> just want to go straight into the game. I, I've absolutely hammered Princess Farmer on the Switch, um, and I've just got a Steam Deck <laughs> recently, so it's another excuse to play it Ooh. handheld again. Um, also, I can, show off about having a, I can show off about having a Steam Deck. Um, Very true. I, it's... it's a really interesting game because I'm not a big visual novel fan on the on the whole. Mm-hmm. I, they don't really keep my attention, but I love match free and puzzle games. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've been totally enamoured with Princess Farmer. Um, so are you able just to give us a, a little overview of what the inspiration was behind the game? Oh gosh, yeah. Also, thank you. It it's the concept was floating around for a long time. Just the idea of magical girling up something um, mundane, something that doesn't get dolled up a lot. So that the idea of having magical girl farmer um, was around for a while, but we didn't know what kind of game we wanted to make with it. Eventually we landed on match three, uh, I love match three, adore the genre. I was never allowed to really make them in the studios I worked in. Yeah. Um, so when I left and I was on my own, I'm like, I, I want to make a match three. Like, no one can stop me now. So we're going to make a match <laughs> three game. Um, so we made a build of the game um, that was just the, the gameplay concept and you uh, uh, replayed levels to grind for currency to just unlock things. It wasn't anything major, but it was a little loop of the concept. And pretty much every single person we had play it, played it through the once and then went, oh, that's great, I can't wait for the story. And we had no story planned. at all <laughs> despite having this magical girl set up there was nothing planned for a story beyond you live here and you you farm um so we we upended the game entirely um and figured out well first we spent time figuring out how we could put a story in the game um Neither of us are uh, uh, deep with visual novels. I like making them and I've liked them in the past, but I've also had a really hard time paying attention to them, especially the last few years. Yeah. Um, And I think B was the same way where um, she has played visual novels and has liked them, but we both have a hard time sitting for that long reading i think is mm-hmm. 
is yeah, I'll, I'll, was the I'll big thing. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I think a lot of us have that at this point, but um, mm-hmm. so we were trying to figure out how to put in a story without just having talking heads in mm-hmm. between gameplay and oh what was i i was playing a game called just shapes and beats yes mm-hmm. um, a really good game that it's so good right yes and it it had this on its um i think it was basically its level map was this node based puzzle it even had platforming in it. It was such a neat world map to move around on. Um, I wanted to, to use that kind of movement for our world map, even though we didn't really end up going for a world map. We have more of a um, vertical scrolling level that you control with nodes. So we were we were able to keep the control scheme the same on the gameplay board and the the storyboards without oh i got in my head because someone made fun of me for saying boards <laughs> because boards is what old people say <laughs> I, I, i'm old because that, that's how i would describe it <laughs> and to be fair i am old so <laughs> they weren't wrong um so we were able to use the same control scheme um across both gameplay and story. And we really wanted to keep the story as breezy as possible. Mm-hmm. So like one of the important rules was we wanted to make sure um, that the player pretty much always chooses what Princess Farmer is going to say. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really important thing to keep it that you're, that you're more, uh, 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 that you're more involved with what's going on. Yeah, I find I can drift off on a visual novel because there are some that are like, you don't have an input for a half hour. That's, you know, that's yeah. the genre. Um, and I can just drift off. Or when the only input is to skip, I tend to skip. Mm-hmm. So if... I'm watching if I'm watching a game for the very first time and it gives me a cinema and the one prompt that shows up is to skip, I skip it mm-hmm. um, because that's the input it's giving me to do. So we we wanted to try to make sure to avoid those kinds of flows um, because they just seem to not get me interested in a story. Um, and we figured others have this same sort of issue yeah um so that was that was the 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 pillars of it once we figured out we're going to do a side scrolling linear but it will move from gameplay to story without changing inputs or scenes or having overlays like like just trying to keep that seamless flow um, which was the most difficult choice to make um scope wise (laughs) it is absolutely the wrong decision to make but it's the one we made what what i think you've done really well with the storytelling in this 
as as a father now, what I, I tend to look at things a little bit differently. A lot of visual novels, mm. I tend to have to play handheld because they're suspect in some way. Like I'd rather my my daughter or even my mm. son, uh, when he was younger, wasn't really taking them in because of the visuals of them. Um, and even then, if the visuals yeah. are okay, the story beats were a bit adult yeah. in theme as well. But what I found mm-hmm. is you've got cute buddies who are sexualized in any, any any way, shape, or form. They are just cute buddies, um, <laughs> and the story is light enough. You kind of got that same magic formula that um, the best children's storytellers get, where a child can take it in, but an adult could get something extra from it. And I thought you've done really, really well there. Um, and it's one like my daughter, she she won't play it because she can't quite get the game mechanic, but it's happily to sit there and watch me play it. Mm-hmm. We, um, well, we had to design this around our own child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that same thing where we have to work on something I was going to say around the clock, which isn't healthy, but you know, <laughs> we have to work on something at any hour of the day, and our child needs to be able to see it, um, or else we'll never get this done. So yeah. it was a it it totally is that conscious effort of being, yeah, being acceptable that a child can see what's going on, but we can put in things that are still have meaning to adults if you know you know kind of stuff mm-hmm. and if you don't you don't it, it it's fine oh mm-hmm. yeah de- definitely uh so while we're on the subject of the story i was going to ask this question a, a little bit later as a whole accessibility thing but mm-hmm. what i found was very bold of you you mentioned that you're you will often skip cinematics or skip story yes. if the, op- the options there <laughs> what i love is that you put the option in there for people to turn that on or off as well. So for me, that's one that's great because I've played it through in full on one system and then I could just go through and do the gameplay beats on the on, a, on another system without having to go through the story completely again. Because mm-hmm. like, especially for sure. overall, there were bits I like, but at the start, it's like a bit tutorially and it, it's a, it, mm. it doesn't, grind because it's fun to play through but doing that repeatedly you kind of go i've done this bit i just want to skip through now um yeah and give me the option of doing that even if i just wanted to ignore the story first time around i think it's a very bold decision because people could completely miss it but overall i think the accessibility options you put in there are, are really really good um, and I think you answered my question on Twitter as well when I said like I have issues with the the color scheme a little bit, and I know you, mm. whether you can or can't do anything about it, that that's a completely different thing. But you've acknowledged it, and you seem quite open with the accessibility things you have there. Is there is there a reason behind that, or is it just something you feel now should be in games anyway? Oh gosh, the 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 um, reduced color scheme is also a very interesting one. We haven't it's a bigger um, thing to pull off, but we're still looking into it by the way. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the core ideas behind um, making a puzzle game and making a puzzle game with this control scheme was yeah. that at the time I was working in a studio and I had wrecked my wrists inputting 
spreadsheet data. Um, and my hands were, my arms were really hurting. And I couldn't play games. And that upset me because games are, are definitely my like stress outlet. Um, and what I found was there was a, um, and I never remember its name, and I need to remember its name. Um, it's a sneaking, I'm going to look it up real quick. It was an early Switch stealth game. Never stop sneaking. Okay. Yes, yes. You know this one, right? It was it was like an early Switch game. Yeah, I think I can't if we reviewed it on the site or whether I just played it. But yeah, I've, I, I, I've played it and I'm aware of it, yes. It, it was a fantastic game. I played it to death, like over and over and over again because I could play it one-handed. Um the entire game could be played with just, you know, you have to press the, a button for menus now and then, but the gameplay was just um, one control stick. And it was, it, um, I want to say it was a lifesaver. It's probably a, it really helped, yeah. you know, in a rough time. Um, so while that was happening, I was brainstorming. Um, control ideas for a game and and it, an important thing was the accessibility of being able to play princess farmer one-handed because you can you can play it with just the the wasid um as your whole control scheme and then you know space bar now and then or just the control stick will work for left right throw and pull um so we just like a foundational thing is accessibility, I find. The more yeah. accessible something is, the more I appreciate it. Um, there, there's a game called First Night in... Oh, it's a series of games um, called First Night in Spring. Let me quickly search for this too. I but it was, it was such a lovely series that opened with one of the characters asking you about accessibility options and it made me cry on the spot yeah <laughs> a year of springs that's it i've not heard of that one i'm gonna have to make a note of that and check that one out it's a visual novel series that was on itch.io that came across to steam um it I cried on the spot. I just felt so, I don't know. It was overwhelming. And mm -hmm. I wanted to try and do at least some of that. We definitely wanted Gaia to feel like you were getting a warm hug. Um, mm -hmm. But just trying to get some of that feeling was also important. And covering people on... Um, accessibility just helps with that feeling and helps people feel welcome. Yeah, 100%. Uh, to be honest, I didn't realize, again, because you could, you've allowed it so you could use the, uh, like the D-pad, the analog stick and the buttons all in conjunction with each other as well. So I've not noticed, yeah. I've not, I've not kind of not noticed that. Um, or I've not, consciously noticed it i probably have used the control scheme as just single-handed and stuff like that before um, without without thinking about it and what what's really good and i say what you've got is 
as a disabled gamer, it's you kind of want the accessibility options there, but you don't want it being, oh, these are special options for you. You do still just want them to be like, this is just the options for the game. If anyone can find use out of them, then that's great. Um, and that that's what you kind of get here. You kind of like, you like with the control scheme, you've kind of, baked it into the experience which again which i mm. really appreciate because i haven't got to go and search out um or someone else hasn't got to go and search out certain options and turn them on or off mm. which is to the credit of um something like the last of us part two which has just got so many accessibility options i was overwhelmed okay. by what there was and it was like oh my mm. god that's um i i really am different to what they expect there's so many options whereas there are certain games and yours being an example where it is it's pre-baked so it makes me feel included rather than just let mm. me just tack this on extra for you interesting that that's absolutely um how that works and it and, and it um it feels good both the the yeah, like you said, it just feels good to to be included, even when you, especially when you don't know that you were included. Yeah, um, just from the start, you're you don't have to tick a box to make it work for you. It can it can work from the start. We yeah. uh, we tried to work on making sure colorblind. Um, we covered as many bases as we could. There were a lot of things we tried to make sure that we had without toggles and without without requiring options to set up yeah the uh, we we have a thing where you can actually skip most story scenes just by walking through the scene i noticed I, I that yes yes <laughs> <laughs> i was like really surprised that you know, i got to a thing it came up going i'll oh, press x or whatever it was on the system and i was like Oh, I've just gone past it. Have I done this bit already? No, I haven't. You, yeah, I, I kind of like noticed that. I just went, wow, I can skip all this. I haven't even got to go into the dialogue. You yeah. can, if, if you're the type of person that doesn't even like, because we tried to keep the dialogue brief, but if even that is too much for you, skip it. Don't even talk to the person. If you're not engaged with the people, don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's only a few kind of forced. That is brilliant. Opie, what were you saying? Oh, I was saying that there's only a few conversations that are like you have to go through them, you can't skip them. And those are usually just at the beginning of levels, just to explain what's going on in the level. Yeah, I, I get that as well, because you do you do need some flavor as to why it's happening as well. Because um, mm-hmm. I found the story really intriguing. I, I, I don't know what I was expecting, because I went in semi unaware of what I was what I was getting the game. I just saw match three and went, yep, yeah, okay, I'm up for this mm-hmm. one. Um, right. and I was half expecting it to go places initially. Um, you know, when you're yeah. getting a a, a vision it, it like starts off oh, you get a vision in your dreams. I was expecting to maybe go to a couple of darker places and things like that. And it just it didn't. And it was just yes. again it's just mm-hmm. I, I came out of it after every play session just feeling warm and fuzzy. And it's just, it, it, that made me want to watch the story and see where it goes. It, it was it was really mm-hmm. weird. I had I turned on the option to be able to skip everything and stuff like that. I never did because 
I knew mm-hmm. I could, but I was interested in the story. And it shows, I think, the confidence you had in what you had written. Um, because I want to go back to a game I played early on the Switch. It's like the, in the release window that has got some of the best game mechanics of 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 a puzzle I'll mix with other genres, and that's Battle Chef Brigade. But mm. I did not get on with that story, and it dragged. And I, you know, on the, there was bits of it I really liked, but I was like, I just, I just yeah, I just want to do the puzzle bits. I want to do the platforming bits. And I wasn't. I got to a point where I was like playing it in spite of the story. Whereas here, you've written something that. You, again, I'm not going to insult you. Go, oh my god, it could be a movie or a TV series. You know, it's video game level level writing, uh, but it, it's 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 got something about it that maybe want to enjoy that story from start to finish. Um, so yeah, it's like without this, Andy Collins, he's been really proud of what you what you've achieved there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> B, are you going to talk? B is the dialogue writer i don't know if she's gonna say anything oh yes i will will. okay so (laughs) so um i've wanted to be a writer since i was a kid and um i i taught myself script writing some number of years ago and that kind of showed me how to use less words um to have more of an impact so to be really picky about the the words and um, that are that are used in the dialogue, and l- like Charlene was saying um, earlier, that uh, you know we both don't really like um, visual novels because they do drag on. You just kind of like okay. Plus, another thing that gets used a lot, I think, in um, video game writing is that, like, fake conflict of, like, just arguing for the sake of having words being said. Yeah. And um, so, like, I, I like to keep the writing as tight as possible. But as well, um, like, I've really, really worked hard to convey that kind of warm hug feeling absolute safety you nothing bad is going to be said or done uh like i there were words that i refused to say in the dialogue um and if i can talk about this one um thing that really ties into mental health was um i was writing the dialogue um for one of the morning um conversations and with with Gaia and I was in such a terrible mood I was just really sad I was really self-critical I was just really really having a rough time and I wrote this dialogue anyways and I left it for a while and then I came back and it was just awful it was Gaia was almost mean and it and she just was overly disappointed and it, it really made me realize like I need Gaia to be just safe and, and always supportive, always loving. She might be disappointed for like one con, like one line of the conversation and then she's fine again. So it, it just, it really struck me as like, Oh, this is really important to get the right mood for her, especially. Yeah. So 
this is this is where I sort of again this is where I try almost covers with what you say battle with myself to try and say the wrong, the right thing without it sounding insulting so apologies if it does so the dialogue choices you make at the end of the day they don't actually matter um that i hope that comes across as, as correct because usually when you have dialogue choices or a dialogue tree they affect the game in such a grandiose grandiose way or supposedly um but but this i i think my first conversation i went oh what do i put here and then the further i went i went i don't think it actually matters i don't think i can actually do wrong by the game um is that the case with it so for the dialogue options and getting into the programming part of this too. So there's certain buckets that um, it, the for the character's reaction to what you've said. There's um, disappoint, depress, anger, um, impress, and flirt. So each of the dialogue options will put a certain number, point number, um, into one of those buckets. And... Um, so let's say you respond by saying, I'll do my best. And uh, that means that the character that you're talking to will have like five points put into their impress bucket. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, when you go to bed, um, it'll take the highest number um, of those buckets and assign that relationship score to that character. So it would be impress would be BFF. Flirt would be blushiest crush. Um, depressed would be um, glum chum. Um, anger is frenemy, and um, disappoint is disappointed darling. So those are the possible results for each of the characters. And if you get um, BFF or impress with the three characters that um, give you rewards, then you would get that reward. But if you don't get one of those results, then you don't get that reward. But that doesn't affect. So it does matter the, a little bit. But it doesn't affect like the overall. You're not going to get like a true ending and a bad ending to the story or anything yeah. like that. Kind of, no, um, because I mean, I, I again, I've played games, whether it's a, a a visual novel or even sort of like an adventure style game, where I've I spent ages deliberating over what do I do here to get the right ending. I remember playing like mm-hmm. Persona Four and spending almost an entire day on one decision. Um, I played it on the Vita, putting the Vita to sleep in the, like early in the morning and coming back to it later, having thought about it all day. <laughs> and oh my goodness. Whereas everything, the writing here felt light and breezy enough that I went, right, okay, do you know what? I'll, I'll just make this decision. This is what I, how I feel to this particular conversation. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And I say, I, I didn't notice anything where like the characters were turning on me or anything like that. So from a mental yeah. health point of view, when you feel, you know, uh, uh, what is essentially a, a series of ones and zeros is starting to hate you, that can, can have quite a negative effect on your mental health for that that time. Um, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, here, just, uh, it's, uh, again, I, I don't want to feel like, sound like I'm like, just blowing smoke up your ass because you're on, on, the, on the call with me, but it's, I just felt so warm with the game it's, yeah, I, I, and I couldn't explain it initially but hearing you guys talk about it, it makes so much sense now yeah oh I'm glad yeah we we tried there was absolutely the the goal the whole way through was to make something comforting um we're both we're both babies 
um, <laughs> about content. Like, like so many games are secretly about darkness and yeah. death, and and we're exhausted by it. Yeah, and we just wanted to make something that is not about that and is doesn't become secretly about something deep and inside and evil. It's just at the most it's 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 japes and tomfoolery. <laughs> it's, mm. it's not much the the stakes are very low. She's perfect because I I originally got into video games. I I, I say I was three or four and I got an Atari 2700 I think it was uh <laughs> back in the 80s and um mm-hmm. that was my first year. but I then really picked up video games when I was at school and it made and it became almost my life when I was at school because I was really mm-hmm. badly bullied and like, I've spoken about this on the podcast you know I tried I tried to kill myself three times over in school because of the bullying but video games was always my release. And it was the likes mm-hmm. of playing your Mario's, your Sonics and, and things like that, where it was escapism. Mm-hmm. But I think more and more now, especially the bigger budget games, and even a lot more the indies now, they're not the escapism they once was. They seem to be mm-hmm. um, holding up a mirror to society. And that's not mm-hmm. what I always want from video games. I want that escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. again, with, with this, uh, this is why I like the Wholesome Games group on, on Twitter who promote mm-hmm. a lot of the Wholesome Games. It's really cool because they are the escapes that you do need. And again, Princess Farmer is one that perfectly encapsulates what an escapism is. Mm, that's nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh... from, from the mental health point of view, when you was making the game and you was writing the story... Uh, you you did touch, uh, be touched on this uh, where she was going through her, what she went through her dialogue choices, but was a lot of the writing sort of based on not based on mental health, but had a feeling of this, this is you don't want to have certain effects on people. Your mental health is important, and this is why we're going to write this game in this way. Absolutely, yeah. It, it was such a wake up call that um, that conversation that I wrote with Gaia that it I just needed to make everything feel like a big warm hug. So I am uh, I, I, I I do dialogue. I, I write dialogue and I but I'm not very good at writing story. So um, Charlene did the story beats and the overall story and then I just plugged in dialogue that I felt was um, would carry the story properly. Um, in each of the scenes, she she would write these really cool messages about what's going on in that scene, and um, so that helped me a lot to form the dialogue. And yeah, one of the things we both hate when playing games is having to replay a level over and over um, to get it to get pass. So we we wanted to not have that, but as well with the. Um, the dialogue, I just didn't want people to ever be um, bored or um, feel like they were failing something. So that that was kind of what was going on there. Yeah, and it, again, it all, it all shows. It's that I mean, the one thing that shows more than anything in the game is there's a, there's a passion about it. You, there's nothing cynical about 
the mm. game at all. I, I, I've played games that I've really, really loved, but there's still a cynicism that it's there to mm. to make money. It's 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 a capitalist yeah. venture. Um, now, obviously, ideally, you know, any game you make, you'd be this could be our retirement nest egg. That's not, you know an ideal for anyone who makes a game, but it feels like mm. it's been made with not that as its prime goal. It's the prime goal is to make something that what sounds like you two would love to play and that was first and foremost in your mind and if other people enjoy it then so be it that's great <laughs> yeah it, it was we're gonna spend we spent a few years on it this was supposed to be a very quick thing <laughs> um let's just bang this out we'll quickly release a puzzle game and then we'll move on to something else so the the we really did this because we wanted to um, because we ended up spending years on it. So everything had to be, this had to be a story that we could replay. This had to be a game that we could play over and over and over again. There were so many things that we had to adjust so that we would um, enjoy still working on this game. It's lovely that so many people are picking up on things that, that we've designed that um, we we haven't talked about like we haven't we don't brag about it in the game or something and people will pick up on it and it's lovely. Um, yeah, no, it, that that that's 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 brilliant to hear. Um, and I say that that shines through in the game. So I've got one more question that I want to ask uh, about the game and whether this was just accidental or something to do with your personalities. And then I've got one little criticism at the end, uh, but it's not going to be a mean one. Um, but the colour scheme in the game is, is full of pinks and purples and it, it, it absolutely screams um, LBGTQIA+. It, it absolutely screams that in all the right ways. Was that a conscious design choice or was that just a... That's just what came through your design? Oh, it was conscious. Yeah. The, uh, I'm using the Master System um, color palette. Right. Um, I, I love the the Master System. That's that's a fave system of mine. Um, so I'm using that palette, but I'm blending it. I'm blending the purples in, and I'm only using so much of the palette. I don't go beyond... Um, like that, the the purple I use for the black, I don't go beyond that. There's a there's a, a couple rows still, um, so I'm using this modified palette, and it has so many really strong pinks, purples, and blues. Um, phenomenal palette for that. Um, and also, I'm trans, and um, we're queer, and I just put that into the work. The 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 um, Princess Farmer transforms in a trans flag every episode. Like that, that beam of light yeah. is a very specific thing. Um, her finding lipstick, and that's the thing that transforms her, is a very specific thing. There, there's all sorts of uh, uh, there's there's lots of if you know you know kind of stuff. In yes. It. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I did notice that. I'm non-binary. 
and mm. I've wrestled internally before with I, I've never fit in with uh, masculine stereotypes. Um, I was brought mm. up by a single parent mother and stuff like that. And I was when I was at school, I, I I probably joined in with toxic masculinity because I wanted to fit in, um, and mm. then I kind of went, actually, I get on better with women. And not in a, a sexual way or anything like that. It's just, I got on better with women. And I sort of go, well, am I? Am I not? I don't know. And in the end, I just went, actually, I'm just me. So that's why I, I, I decided I'm not, I don't believe I want to be, um, have a woman's body or feel like I'm a woman or, or anything like that. I just went, I'm actually, I'm not binary. That's who I am. I'm just they, them. I'm, yeah none of any of the, any of the above um and i but there was a lot of story beats in there actually that i resonated with me that it's only as you mentioned i went oh yeah because even though you said right if you know you know i think they're still subtle mm-hmm. enough in a way that they're not like shoved in your face um, which i think yeah. a really good thing to do um so i mean have you had so I suppose a follow up question I wasn't going to ask have you had any negative reaction to the overtly openness of the game from people and how have you dealt with that if you have not yet I think the only things I've seen are some comments on the the PlayStation and Xbox YouTube uh, launch trailer Right. That was it. <laughs> Just oh, another, uh, my favorite, another woke furry game. <laughs> right. Oh, that's that's a big <laughs> favorite word, isn't it? Woke. <laughs> As yeah. an insult. Yeah. Um, I, love, I love the idea of there being so many woke furry games. So there's a genre of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've not come across many, but okay, yeah, fair enough. If that is people, people see that every game's woke. Um, I mean, what what is your thing? Because I mean, should someone come up to you and go, "Ah, oh, this game could be good, but it's so queer" or, or something like that? Is it? Does your attitude then become, "Well, don't play it. We don't really care for oh, you yeah. as an audience." Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I I, think- I mean. The whole presence of the game should put off anyone who would hate pronouns and profiles or furries or, or uh, queer people. The, like the, just the whole thing would scream, yeah, gay, and <laughs> don't play it if you don't like that. <laughs> yeah, we said we said gay in our launch trailer, so we're we're very we we wear it. I don't. Even, it's not even on our sleeve. We just wear it. We tell you. People who hate queer people look at our game and hate it. They don't interact yeah. with it. No, they don't not buy even it. Yeah, they're, they're staying far away from it, um, which is on purpose. We're going for bright colors and aggressive pinks to make sure that the people who don't like that stay far, far away so we can just be authentic and yeah. um, bring in more people and the as we kept developing the game we added more identities as people were coming into our life so like our child was coming out as non-binary um so we started 
we added Roe as non-binary um, to the game. Then we started to have the, so we had um, someone who goes by Fay Fair pronouns in our life. So we made a Fay Fair character. Like it's just that inclusion of finding people that you want to feel um, welcome. The just having more people in your life that mm-hmm. um, have a range means you want to show them in your art, at least personally. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, as the game went on, we just kept adding more inclusion because it is important. It is, it's an important thing and it's important to do it without making a big deal out of it mm-hmm. to just the, the, I used to work on a, a comic that would have um, uh, like a fat woman as the main character and it never came up. And that was a huge thing. Just here are people that exist and it's not their origin stories. It's not their, it's not their whole. What did he become? Yeah. It's not about changing something. It's just here are people who exist with these identities. Yeah. um, And we're not changing them and we're not calling them brave. We're not even calling out that they're different. We're just celebrating them instead. Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of games that there's one that does it really well, and I think Carpocalypse is one of them that does it really well. That has a a female character who doesn't dress typically female in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and it just I think the only time it ever comes up is a student that would ask that sort of question asks it in passing. That's the only time it comes up. It makes no odds to why they are good at the game or why they're good at what they do within the game, which I think again right. it, stuff like that is really really good. But also like games that do the passive aggressive way. And I can't remember what the racing game was that had a um, uh, a flag filter on it. That if you turned it off, added more LGBTQ uh, flags to the game rather than removed them. Oh my gosh! Which I thought, oh, that was just chef's kiss. That was absolute mm. chef's kiss. Passive aggressive brilliance. That is good. What is that game? I want to play. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, you need to Google it. If you Google it, it's, it's, it's an indie racing game. It's, it's like a quirky one. It's, to be honest, the game wasn't that great. I think I played it briefly. I was like, hey, it's not my type mm-hmm. of racing game. But it was. I, I was intrigued when I heard about that and went, yeah, that's brilliant. More mm-hmm. of that. For sure. Um, so I like... One thing the game's... So, one thing the game's missing, where are my plushies? I need plushies. Um, I love the character <laughs> designs. I, I need plushies uh, that seems to be the thing these days is plush has got to be released so if you if you do want to milk some money out of it you've got at least one sale if you make plushies <laughs> appreciate it we're yes. we're we're thinking about it oh for sure um and also um i know you've got a quick play mode within the game that allows you to replay um different levels um, individually, which is, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, the one thing I think it's missing, uh, okay, is there is some of the traditional puzzle modes. Were they, because I know you said initially it was going to be just a box, well, not a box added, but going to be a puzzle game and that was it. 
were those ever in your mind to have like like a basic timed mode and uh, an endless mode, or, or you know that you'd usually see in a in a columns or a Tetris or a Puzzle Fighter, those kind of games? Was that ever in your mind, and was there a reason those weren't included in the end? Those sort of things. Hundred percent, they were. They, I have. Um, I was looking through UI screens of all the different ways we were handling the different uh, gameplay types. It was a nightmare. Um, but yes, we used to be uh, all about quick play. Um, and then we kept hearing that people wanted story. So we went, okay, we're focusing on the story. Yeah, We're, we're going all in on the story. Um, and we can add quick play later. So um we are adding quick play <laughs> i think b has <laughs> not i don't know if you can say when is this coming out i don't know i don't know soon 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 excellent um, i'll take that as an exclusive okay <laughs> so yeah. stuff is coming we are working on expanding the quick play to mm-hmm. bring in more because it was that thing where we went, okay, let's not, we don't want to get into the UI systems and how to juggle all this different stuff. Let's focus on the story. Um, And now we are getting people asking for quick play modes, which honestly, I did not expect. Um, I kept, I'm, I'm honestly flabbergasted at how many people are playing through the game in like one or two sittings. I know. Because it's not a, it's, it's couldn't be 10 hours. It all depends on how you play. Like it's not super short and I'm thrilled that people are are that locked in that they're playing Mm -hmm. it and then replaying it and then asking for quick play is incredible. Um, and not at all what I expected. Um, so the good news is we had some stuff like at least the designs of how things should work have existed but B has been working on, I don't know how much she wants to say, but she's been working on putting them back in. That's, yeah. she doesn't need to say anything if she doesn't want to, she wants to keep in them because that's all I need to know um, because that's a <laughs> testament to, we spoke a lot about the story and the influences and stuff like that, but it's a testament to the core gameplay mechanics. But I finished it, I replayed some of the levels uh, and things like that, I just went... I just want to play this mode over and over and over. Where's that? I just yeah. want to do that. And I think if you've got people asking you for that, that shows a testament that you've got what I think is the hardest thing in a puzzle game. That core mechanic is down. And it, even though I've seen other games that do that, you, you could drag things up and down to like to do the match free and stuff like that. It somehow feels unique and different to other stuff I've played. So it's, for example, like Mixolumia, is essentially a Lumines clone, but it's like Dave Makes, who who does that, has done something different enough with it that it feels unique. And Ecstasy mm-hmm. is another one that it feels like Lumines, but in a a much narrower well. Um, mm. And again, but it feels unique. And I could go through and probably find bits that there are with. Um, with, with Princess Farmer, so it's very similar to maybe something like um, Crossing Queue and, and stuff like that. 
but it doesn't mm. feel like it's that game reskinned. It feels unique. And the fact that I want to go in, turn it on, turn on a quick play and just play it, that is, honestly, it's a testament to how good the mechanics are. That's really sweet. Thank you. Um, so I, uh, I love puzzle games, and yes. I love um, that, like, 90s era of arcade action puzzle. And where you control a character is what a lot of those games are. Um, and I really wanted to do something like that. That's I feel most at home designing that kind of thing. Yeah, that comes across. Again, it, it, there's nothing cynical about the game. Um, and I, I, I generally won't put up sort of like games and go, oh, this, this, this feels like a cynical cash grab unless it... it purely obviously is like a major mm. AAA game with microtransactions mm. and other bullshit in it and stuff like that. Mm. <laughs> it's it, it doesn't feel like that. And it just it, again everything just feels it's just made with a with a passion. And what I will say is thank you for making this game because I've I've played games that have reached out to me in a certain way. And the one reason I wanted to make sure I did do this interview when you when you reached out to me was, yeah, I, I this is one of the most inclusive feeling games I've played in years um, that has made me interested or made me enjoy a genre that I don't particularly enjoy because it's mixed with what I do, but as they just completely right. wrapped me up. So from, from me, thank you very much for making this game. That's really sweet of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, 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 this is where I'm rubbish. I don't do endings. Um, I don't know if, if you've listened to the podcast. I always end my podcast in one way. <laughs> so I'll shut up now. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>